Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Joel Irway from the webinaragency.com. Thank you, Joel, for coming on the show. What's up, Chris? Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, it's great to be here. I feel really lucky to, uh, you know, one of the guys whose podcast I listen to, now I get to interview him. It's, it's, it's kind of surreal. So thanks for coming. In your podcast, you often talk about the experts course. And for you, the course creator out there, the membership site builder, um, I, I really want you to listen in to how Joel describes the experts curse. What, what is this thing? Awesome question, man. So the expert's curse is something that I have, um, I've battled myself. When we, before we hopped on this podcast, um, we were talking about a webinar that I had launched my own, uh, my own audience to cold traffic and it, you know, ashamingly wasn't doing as well as I had hoped. Um, but let me kind of backtrack and talk about what that expert's curse is because I can almost guarantee that as experts and course creators, we all stumble with it. Um, and so, I'll rewind back to like when I first got started with sales presentations, because this is really where I discovered what the expert's curse was. So I'm an engineer by trade. Uh, I went to school for mechanical engineering, graduated uh, a while ago now, almost 10 years ago, which is crazy to think. Um, but yeah, so 10 years ago, I graduated with mechanical engineering degree and I ended up in the world of sales engineering. So I had uh, practice engineering for about eight months and I'm like, this is really boring and it doesn't fit my personality. So go figure. I uh, spent five years getting my degree and <laughs> within eight months, I'm like, this isn't for me. Well, I got a job in the world of sales selling to um, my former colleagues. And one of the main vehicles that we used to sell these products and these projects, I should say, they were projects, not products, was sales presentations. So we would go and we would do a dog and pony show. We would set up these appointments and we would talk about whatever the product was that we were sling, slinging at the time. And what I had seen was I was 100% commission only salesperson, which meant I ate what I killed. If I didn't sell anything, I didn't make any money, right? So I was going through and I was starting a new territory from scratch and we were building these, or I was taking these manufacturers that I represented and they were giving these presentations to my customers. And if you think about it, like my manufacturers were in engineering as well and we were pitching to engineers. So it's engineers talking to engineers and as engineers, we have the most complex terminology possible. And you would think that that would work very, very well, right? Oh, engineering speak to engineering speak. Well, when we're giving these presentations, I just remember for two or three years, we were making very, very little traction with lots of effort. And it got to the point where I was, I was considering quitting because I, I knew I wasn't going to be making the money that I wanted. I was working 100 hours a week, like minimum. So we're going through these presentations and like every time that we gave these, that my manufacturer gave these presentations, I would look out into the audience and I would just see people like not paying attention, falling asleep. And they were just being polite and sitting through the presentation because they never turned into projects. Like they never turned into work. And so I identified like, that's clearly the issue that we have. Like, how can I improve this? So I made a mission to learn how to perfect, you know, how to get better at giving an effective sales presentation. And so after a bunch of studying, I remember I was flying into, as I was flying around the country into these manufacturing facilities during my layovers, I would, I made a commitment to buy a, new um, sales presentation book to learn the art of it. And I realized that what we were doing, like we were putting these people to sleep and it was because we were 
we were teaching way too much and we weren't explaining what the core benefits were of our product clearly to our customer. Now that's simplistic speaking. It's a little bit more complicated. It takes a lot of work to kind of perfect that. But I said, okay, uh, you know, screw it. Like I'm not even going to wait for my manufacturers to come around and give these presentations. Like I'm going to rewrite the presentations and I'm going to give them myself because I think I can do a better job. I have no experience giving sales presentations, but I, I, I remember I rewrote one and I called up one of my customers and said, Hey, I want to give a presentation for you. I'll, I'll pay for lunch. Like, you know, can I come in? They said, sure. I stood up and my presentation was completely different, completely different than my manufacturers. And I remember immediately, like I could see the reaction from our audiences and the light flip, the, the, uh, the light switch flipped. There we go. <laughs> the light switch flipped. I saw in their minds, like, holy crap, like they got it. And it turned into work. Right. And so I, what I call the experts curse to bring this back full circle is you, the expert, you know, so much about whatever it is that you teach, whatever course it is that you teach when you, as a sales professional, like if you need, if you want to enroll more people into your course, you have to take a step back, Right. Whenever my clients would come to me and they would put together a webinar presentation and it would bomb, I would look at their webinar. I'm like, you're trying to teach too much. Like you are taking your, your six week course, your 12 module course, and you're trying to condense it into an hour long presentation. Like that's just not going to work. Like it's 12 modules for a reason. Stop trying to teach it all in your webinar because you're, you're confusing them. And the number one rule that I abide by is a confused mind doesn't buy. And that is what the expert curse is. That is awesome. Um, one of the things I, I noticed listening to your, your podcast, or I should say one of the reasons I dove deep into it was because, and I think I've listened to every episode. And, and just to be clear, Joel has two podcasts. One is called Sold With Webinars and another one called Experts Unleashed. But Sold With Webinars is a uh, you know podcast about using webinars to sell stuff, which... I'm a course creator, but I'm also a software CEO. And I believe that one of the big opportunities I'm missing out on, and I do do a lot of webinars whenever we launch a new product. I do webinars with my um, insider community that, that, buy, that buys our highest end product, which is called the Infinity Bundle. Um, but a solid you know, webinar for selling to cold traffic or whatever, I'm just not, I'm not doing it. Um, so I, I just wanted to make the commitment and I have the resources and the team and the time to really go deep in webinar. So basically I've just been in student mode learning from you and, you know, just being a fly on the wall, watching other webinars and, and, and modeling and looking good at good examples. But I believe that the webinar is a super skill for selling. Why? And I, apparently you do too, since you've made a podcast about it and an agency around that. What makes a webinar so special for selling? Awesome question, man. Uh, I love ask, answering this question. And I want to keep this in terms in simplistic terms as possible, right? Because I know people who are listening here, they might be either just getting started. They might not have much marketing background. Um, but I want you to, if you're listening right now, I want you to think about like your customer journey, right? When you consider buying something, whether it's a $50 product, $10 product, or 
let's just say a thousand dollar product, right? We specialize, you know, we've put most of our focus and attention on 500 to a thousand to two thousand dollar products and above um, for direct selling webinars. It's a big ask for for a potential, you know, a potential customer, right? When you think about the like the journey of your customer, like there's the three most important words in all the world of marketing, right? Know, like, and trust you. Like, how can you get somebody to know, like, and trust you? And if you research any more about the world of marketing, you'll probably stumble across the world of content marketing. Like, oh, you need to publish lots of content to build your authority, to build that trust factor, blog all the time, podcast all the time, right? Coming up with valuable pieces of content to attract your ideal audience, get them to spend time with you and, uh, and trust you to get them to believe that you are the solution to whatever problem they're currently experiencing. Well, the problem with that is, Lots of people are spending tons and tons of time blogging, creating SEO. And I'm not saying there's not a place, a time and place for that. I mean, absolutely. Like we're doing it in our company too, but like, how can we build the most effective marketing machine out there to, as solopreneurs, many of us are, you know, small business entrepreneurs that work online, you know, one, maybe two or three employees or subcontractors, whatever they are, but you know, we're usually our marketing arm. Right? So how can I create an effective piece of content that builds that know, like, and trust factor and ultimately gets them to want to take the next step with me, which is join my membership site, join my course, you know, hire me as a consultant. And webinars are the best way to do that because people love education. Like they want to learn before they buy and they, and a webinar is the best way that I've found to do it because number one, the best way to increase the know, like, and trust factor with your potential audience is get them to spend time with you. And you just don't get that time commitment with any other piece of content, like single piece of content, I'm saying. One single piece of content like you do with a webinar. You can get somebody to spend one or two or three hours with you. And the longer they spend with you, the more likely they are to buy a higher priced product or, or a higher level of commitment product, right? So the single biggest reason why webinars work so well is they're spending time with you and time increases the relationship factor, the trust factor, and the bond building factor with you and your potential audience. And, and that's the primary reason. Um, I can keep going. You want me to keep going or do you want me to stop here? Uh, well, let me just jump in there and say part of the expert's curse um, or something I talk about a lot on this podcast is what I call the five hats problem which every course creator membership site owner faces, which is they have to be in, they have to do five jobs simultaneously. They have to be a good expert, which is its own skill set, a community builder, you know, building a list, building, following all that. They have to be an instructional designer or teacher. They have to be a technologist and they have to be an entrepreneur. So course creators, membership site owners are very busy and if we look under that entrepreneur umbrella, there's this thing called marketing. So what I am encourage you to think about uh, along in alignment with this episode is you have limited capacity, limited time. So before you get on the content marketing hamster wheel, it's good to make some videos and some blog posts and things like that. But think about the webinar as a super skill that's like highly focused. Like how are you going to invest your limited capacity in, in marketing and, you know, webinars. I mean, let's talk more about some of the benefits, you know, that you said there's the time factor 
um, the audience can engage and have a back and forth conversation. I mean, mm -hmm. what else? Like, what else makes it the super skill? Well, providing results in advance, right? So aside from them spending time with you, which helps build the bond and build that relationship with them, you're teaching valuable content. And that has to be a delicate balancing act too, because you don't want to give away the farm and you don't want to teach so much that there's no reason for them to buy your course. So you don't want to teach so much that you confuse them, right? So teaching the right content is a delicate balancing act. However, you know, if you're just getting started out, right, you want to like, Building goodwill and by teaching content, like you're not going to hurt your audience. Okay. Like as you start to refine your message, you'll know kind of like what makes the biggest impact, but you know, you want to provide some sort of results in advance before you ask for the sale, right? That's like super marketing rule law. Number one. <laughs> like, so how do, how do I do results in advance from a webinar? Like what do I do? Yeah. I mean, so like results in advance, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, you have to make money or you have to get some sort of guaranteed result, but like giving them quick wins. I'm all about quick wins. Uh, I, you know, in one of my programs, uh, the webinar vault, I break down highly successful webinars and I'm talking about Mike Dillard's webinar right now and I'm breaking it down. Um, I always look for what the quick wins are. And if a webinar has quick wins, I can guarantee, I know without a shadow of a doubt that webinar is successful. So I'll give you an example. So Mike Dillard's webinar, he talks about how to build a profitable list, um, how to build a massive audience and monetize that audience without spending any money out of pocket. Excellent, excellent webinar. But um, Mike, with a caveat, Mike is a super skilled copywriter. So one of the things that Mike does for quick wins is he gives them the tools that he uses to build this, right? That's a simple quick win. And it's a valuable resource by you. Like Mike has on the webinar, he's like, I've used every tool out there on the market. And here's why I picked these tools. That's going to save your audience time and money by choosing the right tools for this specific business. So that's a simple example as a quick win. Um, but yeah, that's, that's results in advance. Like just provide value without ever asking for anything in return from your, from your audience, just provide value first and, uh, and they will return the favor. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's get a little, if, I, I imagine you are pretty excited listening to all this. And if you're really, you know, excited about doing a webinar or trying it or, you know, send an email to your list and, and, you know, set one up. But before you do that, how do you explain to a beginner, Joel, how to structure it? Like, is there like a three act, like a three act play? Like, what's the sequence? Like, I'm actually like during the webinar itself, like, how should I think about it? Because I can't teach the whole time. I need to have a call to action. I need to open it up. I need to get people engaged. I need to keep them entertained to stay for a while. Like, how, yep. what's the structure? Yeah. So the way that I teach it is, is um, I call it, I wish I came up with a more sexier name, um, but I call it the A-R-E webinar sales method, right? And so I'll break it down. It's actually six pieces. Um, there's three pieces and, oh man, this is a terrible job of me explaining it. So I'll try and I'll try and not get it too complex, but it's a six part method, right? Let's start with the A, right? So A stands for three things authority, attraction, and awareness. And this happens inside of your introduction. So A-R-E follows introduction, content, and the close, like the, the three main components of your webinar, right? You with me so far? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So introduction, we've got authority, attraction, and awareness. When, you, I'm, and I'm a, here's my assumption, right? So we do mostly 
cold traffic webinars. And what I mean by that is somebody's going to register for my webinar who doesn't know me at all, right? Which so is the it, hardest sell, right? It is the hardest sell. And so yeah. if you can, if you have traffic that's warmer, great, right? But because, a, lo- a lot of course creators have that problem though. Like they don't have a following yet or they're just getting started. It's their first course. So you have to work with cold traffic. Yep. So this is, this is the cold traffic strategy. So, and we start with authority, right? And, um, if nobody has ever heard of you before, uh, and actually just had an article published on entrepreneur.com yesterday, it went live on how to become an expert, even if nobody's heard of you. It's, it's, it's talking about this similar, this similar concept. And so if you're an authority or, you know, authority, attraction, and awareness, right? So you want to figure out a way to how to build yourself as an authority. If you study marketing at all, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. People want you, people tell you to tell your hero's journey story, which is, oh, your rags to riches story. I think that's nonsense. There is a time and place for your hero's journey story. But what I like to talk about in the authority piece is why am I qualified to talk to you, right? If I'm asking that self to my question, if I'm asking that question to myself or to one of my clients, how can I prove to them that like you are relevant to me. Like you can help me. And it doesn't have to be complex. I spend maybe one to two minutes max talking about that. And all I talk about are what are my results that I've gotten related to the topic that I'm here to share with you today, right? I want them to know, okay, have I been published in any sort of articles? Do I have a podcast? Do I have any sort of like guest appearances? Do I have results that I can share with them? Like how can I prove to them that like I know what what I'm talking about? That's all about authority. Attraction and awareness. Awareness is all about letting them know what the problem is in the industry, in the market that you're here to solve today. That's awareness. And I do that by going to find market. I I do market research and I find stats. So I go to Statista or um, any sort of industry publications that are relevant to that specific market. For instance, if I'm putting a webinar together on how to run Facebook ads, right? Or the new way to run Facebook ads or how to run Facebook ads profitably. I'm going to go find market research and talk about like the rising cost of Facebook ads and the increasing amount of competition because people are, those are the problems that I know that they're going to be having and and, and other, other sorts of problems too, right? So here's the problems in the industry. I'm going to bring them front and center because I don't want to assume anything. I want my audience to know these are the problems that are in the industry. I'm sure you're aware of them. And if you, and that's, that's a bond building exercise too. If you bring problems that you know, they know of, and you present them, they're going to trust you because they, they feel like, you know, what is going through their mind. So I bring the problem and say, these, this is the problem in the industry. And this is what I'm here to solve. Right? So bringing the awareness and connecting with your audience that way. So authority, awareness, and attraction, right? And attraction is all about like, how is this relevant to me? Like, how can we connect the dots and, and present the opportunity gap for what makes this um, what makes this webinar special? And this is all about like the big promise. Like, what are you here to learn today? So come up with those big results. I mean, I'm not talking about monetary results, but like the big benefits of what they're going to learn from the webinar today. Those are the three main things that I talk about in the introduction of the A-R-E webinar sales method. So A is all about the introduction of your webinar, authority, attraction, and awareness. That is awesome. So what is next? We're at R. So R, we talk about the next two steps, which are rapport and relationship building. 
this happens inside of your content. And a lot of times I pick very specific pieces of content to, uh, to teach them. I want to, uh, my whole goal with the content is to ultimately get them to want to buy my product before I ever get to the pitch, right? That's the ultimate goal. I want them to be sold on my product before they ever get to the pitch. The way that I do that is I start with my offer at the end. I'm like, okay, this is what I, you know, this is the course that I'm going to sell, right? How can I present that as a system in my content? Because I want them to know whatever it is that this method is or this course that I'm teaching. I want them to know about this front and center and let them see why this is going to work for them and solve the problems that I've already introduced to them in the introduction. I'll give you an example. So I had a webinar that did very, very, very well. I was actually just talking to my client the other day. Um, He was doing a 10, his goal was to do a $10 million launch with his webinar. Um, And uh, he exceeded those goals. He did more than well, well over $10 million with this webinar launch. The way that it was structured was very, very simple inside of the rapport and relationship building. I chose three specific pieces of content for them to teach, right? inside of the content. Uh, um, Piece number one was to introduce the end product, front and center. So they were teaching people how to build a business on Amazon and make money on Amazon, right? Well, they had their own unique method that was different than everybody else's. And it was, we called it the unsexy method for selling products on Amazon. That was the vehicle. And that was ultimately the same course that we were selling at the end, right? But I brought it up front and center so I could get them to, because I want them to know what the, what the product is early on and conquer their objections. So I taught a piece of, I, I wrote that piece for them and it's like, okay, this is the method, this is the system and here's how it's different than everything else, right? So we spent about 10 to 15 minutes talking about that inside of piece number one. Now the other two pieces of content that we taught after that were all objection handlers. Like I taught the system, I taught the method, and I showed them results of what this could mean for them and why it was that was the best way to build a lifestyle business with Amazon, right? I know after we get to the end of that first piece of content with the system, they are going to have objections. Oh, this won't work for me because of X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, I get it, but what about this? And so I would strategically place those objections right at the end of that piece of content and I would handle it with the the next piece of content. So I don't know if that came out clear. So let me try and reframe it. Content piece number one was the system, right? It was the unsexy method for selling on Amazon. Without overdoing it, without putting all 12 modules into that presentation. Right. I only just talked about like the top level system, the top level overview, the concepts, right? So I presented that in, in content piece number one. Then at the end of content piece number one, I would actually write on the slide, oh, Todd, that makes total sense. I can see how this system would work. But aren't all the good suppliers already taken, already taken by the power sellers? That was the main objection that they had, right? And so I would put it up on the slide and I'd say, well, you're probably thinking this. And actually that's not true. And that's what we're talking about in the next piece of content. So that next piece of content was meant to address the major objection for why they felt like that wasn't going to work for them. 
And so then I taught that piece of content and I repeated that same exercise at the end of content piece number two, I would introduce the next major objection and conquer that with content piece number three. So by the time we got from the introduction to the end of the main teaching part of the webinar, what we've done is we've introduced the system and we've conquered the top two major um, um, sales objections for why they can't be successful. And we've never even pitched the product yet. Does that make sense? Totally. So we're building that rapport. We're building that relationship with that audience um, because I know exactly what they're thinking. I know their objections and I know their thoughts and I know their problems. And I, I taught some, we, we taught some things in there, but it was not deep in the weeds of like, oh, step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. It was no, here's the top level overview. Here's why this works. And here's how to overcome, you know, these simple, these simple hurdles. That's awesome. Well, what, what's an E? Yeah. So in E that's now like we're in the pitch, right? So E is called the exchange and it's the sales conversation, the, the, the sales pitch. So what we do here is, um, if you think about it, like, and I taught this in one of the summits that I, I hosted, um, the, uh, like what most people think about sales is like, you think that you're like, if you've got, I think of like a battle, right? And, and two people are going to battle. You, the expert who's selling something and your potential customer. And most people view it as like, oh, you're trying to, you're trying to butt heads and, and overcome all these objections and like ultimately win the battle and get them to hand you money. And when you think about that, like sales gets really finicky. And, and what happens when you fight? Well, people become protective and they put up these shields. They put up these walls like, no, like I want to protect my money. You know, you can throw all these objection handling sequences and objection handling statements at me. But like, you know, even if you do win and I give you my money, chances are I'm going to have buyer's remorse because I felt forced to make that purchasing decision. So what we do is like, we just frame it as an exchange. Like when you present your offer early on in your content, they're already in their mind selling themselves on why this is going to work for them, why they need to take advantage of this. Right. And so now when we get to the sales pitch, all we're doing is we're giving them an exchange in value. So we're saying, okay, you've heard what I've got to say. I've taught you this system. Now you probably want some additional help and support. I've, you know, I've got this implementation program that is everything we just taught you, but it goes deeper in the weeds and, you know, hold you by the hand, step by step, the whole nine yards. And in always putting the decision in their hands saying like, this is up to you. If you say yes or no, it doesn't matter to me, right? We are having success. My students are having success. This is the same method that I use in my business or whatever it is, yada, yada, yada. I would love to have you on board. And you just simply go through the details of what's in the program, but it's positioned as an exchange. It's not, a, it's not positioned as you need to buy now. You need to act fast. I mean, like those have their place in time, but you know, you never want buyer's remorse. That is awesome. I think a lot of, you know, especially beginner marketers or if they're more of teacher than marketer salesperson, <clears throat> they have a fear of being salesy, but it's, it's really a value exchange and you just have to position it. It's not a confrontation. If you're trying to help people and get on the same page with, you know, what's possible here. And there's a book by Daniel Pink called To Sell as Human, which if you are having that internal dialogue about I don't know if I can be a salesman or sell from a webinar. I'd encourage you to check that out. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about your membership because, uh, you know, if I, I, if I was listening to this podcast episode, I would be like, 
man, I, I need to find out more. I want to try this. Can you tell us about the Webinar Vault? Yeah, yeah. Webinar Vault is is some of the it is the best product that I have ever put out. And I put out lots of different courses before. Um, I used to sell my training separately for a thousand and two thousand dollars. And um, about a month and a half ago, I um, so in the agency side, like I'm reviewing webinars all the time, like sometimes 10 to 15 webinars per month. And so I've grown this audience of people who are interested in webinars. And I got the idea by putting the, putting this post out on my Facebook profile, just saying, Hey, listen, I'm reviewing all these webinars. You know, would you guys be interested in, in getting copies of like my notes and learning like why these webinars are successful, what I would be doing differently if this were my webinar. And it was like an overwhelming amount of, of positive feedback. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to tie everything all together. And, um, you know, it just makes sense because people can learn so much from other webinars and in different markets. So not just business opportunity, like we have clients that were in the relationship niche, custom blanket design, um, you know, financial coaches, you, know, it, it, you name it, we've done hundreds of webinars, right? And so the whole goal of the webinar vault is to break down these different niches. Um, I'm, going to be doing a, uh, a supplement webinar breakdown in, um, from Dr. Axe uh, probably tomorrow or later this week. Um, but anyway, so I wanted to create this vault so people had inspiration to draw from with all of these different types of webinars so they can get the different styles and they can, they can see different versions of what's working and what's not working. And so, um, yeah, I mean, and I include my training and my webinar software, my webinar build software slide cell. So it makes it super easy for people to see what's possible with webinars and, and draw inspiration so they can leverage webinars for their own business. Because I truly believe webinars are an absolute game changer for the solopreneur because it's the ultimate form of content marketing. It builds the bond, builds your relationship. So your audience knows, likes, and trusts you. And it can seriously change the game for, uh, for, you know, for your course. I mean, that's the primary market that we serve are course creators. And, um, yeah, that's that's what the webinar vault is all about. And that's at thewebinaragency.com. Is that the best place to go to find that? Yep, yep. They can find links at thewebinaragency.com. And so, um, yeah, they can they can get all the details there. It's just 97 bucks a month. Like I said, I was selling my course for one to two grand and they can they get access to it um, inside of the webinar vault. So yeah, it's just, it's it's my it's my my collection, my archives of uh, of sales presentations. Well, I'm going to take my marketing or entrepreneur hat off and put on my instructional designer hat and uh, just look at what Joel has stacked here. It's all about the stack. So he had a training and then training course inside the membership. He's got the breakdowns, which is kind of like a, what we call a case study course. or it's, it's a unique thing. I love that idea. It's like taking not just the training and great content, but let's, let's look at what's working for real out in, out in the world. And then you have software like tools to support this. So it's not just, I'm, the stack is always fascinating to me. And when somebody teaching something has a, a, usually a unique stack, it means they've been at it a while and they're really focused on getting results and serving their community. Can you tell us a little more about the software piece of that? Yeah, so we created internally a piece of software called SlideSell. And as we were growing the agency, the whole goal was to help train new copywriters faster. Like we wanted to expedite that process. So I basically wanted to take my coaching program and distill it into a slide by slide format to get people to understand, okay, what's the psychology that happens with every single slide. And there's some other copywriting software out there, but I just really didn't like how they, 
how they were building it. Um, we took a different approach with this. And so we created a rough template. Like, so all the slides are blank on the left-hand side. And then um, um, you can edit your slides, you know, on, on the middle portion. And so like all the bullet points are, are kind of pre-populated saying like, this is what I would talk about here. And on the right-hand slot, on the right-hand side, there is a tutorial video. It's, it's almost like my coaching program packaged in a box. So like every slide has not only teaching of what is supposed to go on that slide, but it's the psychology of why that happens. And we also give a real life example, of like what we did with this slide with another, with another webinar. So they can see everything that's happening like in real time and how it all meshes together so they can model it and get inspiration for themselves. And they can build it right in that presentation uh, tool, right in slide cell, and they can export it as a Google slide. Wow. That's beautiful. Um, I want to go back to something I heard on one of your episodes of a common mistake that people make. <clears throat> and you, you, you touched on it earlier in this conversation, which was putting the hero's journey in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. And can you elaborate on what you discovered and, you know, for, for people who aren't aware of what the hero's journey is, what that means? Yeah. So, the, so we'll start with the hero's journey. Like the hero's journey is is a, um, it's a story that you tell about yourself, right? It's what is your struggle story and how does that relate to your audience? Call it the rags to riches story, call it the, you know, whatever it is, but like, how did you, what was your journey to get to where you are today? So many people who are building their webinars put that like right smack dab in the beginning of the presentation. And you have to understand that your customers, your audience, they're selfish. They don't give two craps about you, especially if they've never heard of you before. So think about this. You see an ad on Facebook and it's like free webinar, learn how to X, Y, and Z in 10 minutes, right? Join me for this free training on Thursday at 8 p.m. Like, okay, cool. I'm interested. I want to learn. You register for the webinar. You show up at 8 p.m. And for the first 20 to 25 minutes, now mind you, you have no idea who this person is. Zero exposure to who this, who this person is that you signed up for the webinar. What do they do the first 20 minutes? Like in your mind, like you want to learn what they promised you. I want to learn what the headline is of this webinar. What's the big promise? But they force you to sit through like, oh, before we get to that, let me tell you a little bit about my backstory. Like, oh, back, you know, and 10 years ago, I was this broke uh, college student and, you know, living off of food stamps, blah, 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 blah. Right. I mean, like you're forcing them to listen to your painful your painful journey. And like, you're, you're asking way too much from your audience at that point. Like they really don't care about you. They want to learn what you promised them. Like if you do get them to stick around, you know, they're going to be frustrated. They're they're going to be just wanting to get that, that end result. Now that hero's journey story does come into play, but only after you can use it after you have proven value to them right? Because people, it is a trust building exercise, but I would put that at the end of your webinar and only use it as like, why should I trust you? Right? After you've made the offer, the call to action and the pitch, use it as like an objection handling story. So the main question people are going to say, well, why should I trust you? Why should I invest in your course? What makes you a qualified educator, a qualified leader? Then you can go and say, listen, you're probably in a, in, you know, I don't know about you, but you know, three years ago, I was in a pretty deep, pretty rough situation before I discovered this solution. That is when I would tell my hero's journey story where you use it as a bond building exercise as an objection handling sequence, but not at the beginning because people don't care about you. They really don't. 
Well said. Well said. Uh, and what was the, uh, do you remember what, which episode that was where that came up on your pod, podcast? Uh, I don't, but um, I can pull it up. Um, <clears throat> and while, while you're doing that, I also just wanted to ask you about traffic. So assuming I have, you know, a small or limited audience that I've built so far, <clears throat> what do you advise to get traffic and signups to my, to my webinar? Cool. So I have a bunch of really great episodes on how to get traffic to your webinar. There's lots of different ways that you can get it. Um, so I'll reference the hero's journey mistake is episode 36. And actually the very next um, episode, which was episode number 37 with John Nemo, he talks about how to get hundred free webinar registrations per day using LinkedIn. I would highly recommend anyone who's just starting out and maybe they don't have a budget for paid traffic. Um, check out that episode and learn how to leverage LinkedIn. I've, I've I know a bunch of people who use LinkedIn to get webinar registrations and they're usually more targeted. Um, it's probably not the best for scale. However, um, just getting started, that's, that's one recommendation. Cool. What's a, uh, if I do have a list, what's a recommendation you would have for me to maximize, uh, let's say a prospect list, how many people enroll? Like, should I do like bonuses for live attendees only? Or is there any way to maximize enrollments from my existing list. I'm sorry, can you uh, repeat the question? Like, Let's say I, I already have an email list of, let's say, several thousand prospects. Is there anything I can do with presenting the webinar opportunity to maximize the number of people that join? Like, is there yeah, any so bonuses or, or what? What, what can I, I do? So I always like to get permission before I invite them to a webinar. And one of the ways that you can do that is like give them a free PDF and like lead them because like getting somebody to commit to a webinar is a big ask. It really it's is. It's two hours. It's two hours, right? And right. they got to block out time in their day, right? So give them a teaser beforehand. If you've got an existing list, like one of my clients, um, Brian Harris gave a PDF to his existing list saying, here's some great things that we're talking about on the webinar. And, um, and he got them excited for the webinar. I apologize. I don't know if you can hear my son screaming in the background. <laughs> um, but anyway, it is what it is. So uh, a free PDF to give them a teaser for your existing list helps warm them up and be like, we're going to dive deeper into, uh, into this webinar. Uh, so hopefully you can join us. And that works very, very well. Rather than just saying, hey, cold blast, not even cold blasting, but like blasting my email list, get them excited about the topic first and then get them to register. So it's like a two-step and you, you, you will get a higher show up rate with that 100%. That's really cool. That's a good tip. It's almost like uh, we're going to talk about the party before we invite you to the party. Mm -hmm. um, is there any kind of just general best practices around the replay? It all depends on if you're doing cold. Like, um, I'll give a little bit of a, a preview. So um, inside of this webinar breakdown I did with uh, Mike, Mike Dillard's webinar, I mean, it's a super, super short email funnel. I mean, like it's a total of like five emails. And I think three out of the five are just pre-webinar reminders, right? So his follow-up sequence is only about two emails long. I would, if this is going to cold traffic, I would not heavily push the webinar replay. Send one email out because like, don't pepper them with high pressure sales. Like they're either interested or they're not. Leverage this as a profitable list building tool that does way more than just building your list. It builds that rapport relationship and that bond but don't overpressure them with like high pressure sales tactics of like, oh, you know, this bonus is expiring. This bonus is expiring. This bonus is expiring. 
go simple and, and save those big, big asks for later. That is awesome. Well, Joel, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. You can find out more about Joel at the webinaragency.com. Check out his podcasts, Experts Unleashed and Sold with Webinars. And then uh, tell us again how to find out about the Webinar Vault, your monthly membership. Yeah, so you can find the uh, you can find the links right on the webinar agency homepage. So I'll have links there. Um, we're changing our uh, we're setting up the funnel right now. I, I pre-sold it last uh, month month and a half ago. So unfortunately, I don't have the direct links, but you will find it on the homepage of the webinar agency. But check it out. Just you know, either connect with me at Joel at thewebinaragency.com, and I can I can hook you up there. Um, and follow me on social media. Those are the best ways. And follow my podcast. Definitely follow follow my podcasts. Awesome. Well, thanks, Joel. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. It was a pleasure.